welcome to a show where you will hear about how our liberty is being eroded by the very people that swear an oath to protect it. Today, the president signed a big new anti-terrorism bill that would expand the government's ability to track down terrorists, but at some cost. On this show, we will discuss many of the lies that the government, the government that hates us, by the way, we will discuss the lies that the people in positions of power and influence spread every day. And what is the best way to confuse children? Confuse them about their sexuality, confuse them about their gender, expose them to things that their little brains are not ready for yet. That is how they are confusing children. It is leading to chaos. And big daddy government, of course, can be there to pick, up, pick us all up and take care of us at the end of it. We will also talk about how current elected leadership at all levels of government has been corrupted by power and control, as well as discuss the types of leadership needed to correct our republic's course. We the people. Well, it's time to remember that we the people are the government. Providing assistance for the Ukrainians to defeat the Russians, that's the number one priority for the United States right now. I am your host, Larry Linton, retired U.S. Navy Command Master Chief and prior Tennessee House of Representatives District 12 candidate, and welcome to the Liberty Leadership and Lies podcast. Welcome to this week's show, ladies and gentlemen. Well, folks, getting ready to head back to New Mexico for another three-week engagement with my client. I'm hoping for a bit cooler weather on this trip, but by now, you all know the drill with sound quality. The next three episodes will be recorded in my hotel room without the great acoustics I have here in the Goat Locker studio. Before we kick off the show, I want to give a shout out to Pastor Keith Nix of the Lift Church here in Sevierville. He invited me to a Leadership One Day event this past Monday. It was a great day discussing leadership, along with some great worship and fellowship. Then on Tuesday, the Sevier County GOP hosted a meet and greet with Tennessee Attorney General Scamretti. This young man is impressive, not only with how he really connected with the group, but also in his already documented accomplishments in fighting back against federal government overreach. In his comments, he perfectly captured the monumental shift in politics in our republic. And I'll discuss that a bit now, and then a bit later in this week's program, and how it relates to the lie we are focusing on in this week's episode. The shift in politics has been the move from passing laws in the legislature through the people's elected representatives to where we are now, where the two branches of government that do not pass laws are now attempting to govern, now scratch that word govern, the two other branches are attempting to rule the people through either executive orders or judicial rulings. Sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? We talked about how if we allow ourselves to live through the courts— our republic will die through the courts. The separation of powers constructed by our Constitution is being completely ignored. Attorney General Scamerti is doing his best in trying to reverse that trend here in Tennessee. The one statement he made that I really enjoyed was this, quote, I love suing the federal government, end quote. We need more people like him in every state. Not only that, we need more states' rights representatives serving in our General Assembly. At the meet and greet, I also had the opportunity to catch up with some familiar faces. All in all, it was a great event. Then there was the Wednesday worship services at my church with my wife. 
It is always great to engage in corporate worship because that has a synergistic effect on private worship. And of course, I spent Thursday preparing for this morning's episode, and I'll be using my time today and tomorrow getting ready for my next trip and spending some good quality time with my bride. I also want to let you all know that I, along with Congresswoman Harshbarger's office, we are still working the logistics of getting her on the program. I'm sure you can appreciate she, along with the rest of the Freedom Caucus in the House of Representatives, how they are quite busy lately. Not only dealing with the corruption of the Biden crime family, but with the end of the government's fiscal year coming up, there are some budget battles that really need to be fought. As soon as we get the interview time hammered down, I will let you know. And that interview will probably be done over a video call, so it will be a first for this program. You will all get to see my face, which I often say is made for radio or audio podcasts. Oh, I also want to let the audience know that there are some interesting developments here in the House District 12 as it relates to next year's election. As we get closer to when it really kicks off here in Sevier County, I will be sure and keep you up to date on those developments. So stay tuned, especially if you live here in the 12th District. Also, if you live here in Sevier County, be sure and share this episode with everyone you know that lives here as well. This show will be the primary source of information in the county when it comes to the 2024 elections. In this week's episode on lies, we're going to talk about a couple of big ones that nobody really seems to want to touch. Mainly out of fear, but also out of ignorance. So I recently read an article in the Tennessee Star that really points out one of the lies I want to discuss. Of course, it ties into my faith. And it should also be concerning to anybody that considers themselves a Christian, not only here in Tennessee, but across the nation. Because calling oneself a Christian is an oft-used lie that many politicians tell the voters in order to get elected, especially in states like my beloved Tennessee. When many people think about the campaign promises that politicians regularly tell people to get elected, which prove out to be mostly lies in the long term, the worst lie is when people call themselves Christian when running for office while simultaneously aligning themselves with one of the major political parties in our republic that definitely does not represent Christian values. I'm referring here to the Democrat Party, or the modern Communist Party. Before I get much further down that line of reasoning, there are many members of the Republican Party that claim to be a Christian as well, while legislating and voting in ways that do not line up with Christian values. I was on a phone call earlier this week discussing that very topic. But back to the Democrat or Communist Party, the values that organization and its members espouse, and they are very unchristian-like. The article I'm referring to was published this past week on the 12th. The headline grabbed my attention right away as it stated, quote, Democrat Tennessee State Senator says Christians use faith to justify hatred and racial terror, end quote. Of course, headlines and statements like that have been in use quite frequently lately, mostly on the part of the federal government in its targeting of political opponents in general, and Christians in particular. They intermingle terms like white nationalism, Christian nationalism, with white supremacy and domestic terrorists, and many others in a similar vein, all meant to foment division and strife among the citizens. This division in the electorate is necessary 
because it allows the rich men north of Richmond to operate behind the curtain to rob us of our liberty and our sweat equity. This state senator specifically tweeted out this statement, quote, Never forget that hatred and racial terror was, and still is, justified in the name of Christianity, end quote. This politician, one state senator, Charlene Oliver, who's a Democrat out of Nashville, of course, had this interesting tidbit on her biography page on the General Assembly's website, though. She currently lists herself as a Christian. Sounds a bit odd, doesn't it? Much like those politicians that support, using our money, very unbiblical anti-Christian viewpoints and positions such as transgender surgeries for minors, drag queen sexualization of children, books in government schools that promote racism and sexualization of children, the killing of babies for the sake of convenience, and the list goes on and on. If you see or hear a politician that describes themselves as a Christian, always investigate their actions, just don't believe their words. Many of those that proclaim themselves to be a follower of Christ are often tyrants in disguise. Which brings to mind an interesting article that I read at the Liberty Watchman's website. It is titled, quote, Why is rebellion to tyrants obedience to God? End quote. It talks about the official motto of the United States being, In God We Trust, and that was signed into law by President Eisenhower in 1956. Prior to 1956, there were many unofficial mottos. One of them, being proposed by Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin at the founding of our nation, was this, quote, Rebellion to tyrants is obedience to God, end quote. We discuss tyranny on this program quite frequently because, quite frankly, we are witnessing it all the time. But what exactly is a tyrant? The dictionary definition is this, tyrant an absolute ruler unrestrained by law or constitution, or a usurper of sovereignty. And also, it's a ruler who exercises absolute power oppressively or brutally, or one resembling an oppressive ruler in the harsh use of authority or power. So I ask you to look around yourselves today, and I bet you we can point to many people in elected positions that that definition definitely applies to. I'll hang that article up on the website for you all to read it. It is definitely worth your time. But one of the biggest lies being perpetuated on the citizens of our constitutional republic is this, and it comes from both political parties. And while they differ on some issues, they all say they have one thing in common, that they are dedicated to our system of government founded upon democratic principles. Every citizen should know by now that that is not true. First of all, our nation is not a democracy. That is a system of government whereby the mob rules. We are a constitutional republic where the individual is protected against the mob by the law, by the constitution. Of course, there are many other ways to describe the differences between the two forms of government. But secondly, and what has become painfully obvious to anyone not living under a rock and wanting to be left alone is this. Government, at least some of the people in government and mostly members of the Communist Party, have even shed the pretense of democracy and democratic principles 
once they get into elected office. I said mostly members of the Communist Party because we cannot leave out those many tyrants on the Republican side of the aisle either. And nothing has shown this to be more true lately than what is captured in this statement credited to Frederick August von Hayek, who went by the abbreviation of his name, F.A. Hayek. And the statement is this, quote, Emergencies have always been the pretext on which the safeguards of individual liberty have been eroded, end quote. What is a better way to say that? Well, it's this. If you let politicians break the law in an emergency, they will create an emergency in order to break the law. We were all witnesses to that during COVID scandemic number one, which is why they will attempt it for their upcoming COVID scandemic number two. The difference being they learn the lessons on how to implement their emergency measures and governmental quote-unquote emergency powers much more effectively. There were zero democratic principles behind any of the emergency powers claimed and the accompanying government actions. It wasn't even mob rule. It was tyrannical rule. I'll discuss how that mob rule is transforming into tyrannical rule in a bit of data revealed in a January 2022 poll conducted by Rasmussen. But back to the undemocratic principle of emergency powers claimed by government executives during the COVID scare. Those mostly unchallenged edicts led to what just recently happened in New Mexico. Late last week, Governor Grisham of New Mexico announced a public health order that suspended the constitutionally protected Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Not only that, the state of Nevada has open and concealed carry laws on the books that the governor also suspended. Her statement on the matter reveals the true nature of what the new aristocracy thinks about, quote-unquote, emergency powers. She said this, If there is an emergency, and I've declared an emergency for a temporary amount of time, I can invoke additional powers. No constitutional right, in my view, including my oath, is intended to be absolute. There are restrictions on free speech. There are restrictions on my freedoms. It is sadly unfortunate that New Mexico Governor Grisham, a Democrat, I mean communist, is not alone in that particular belief. It also includes Republican governors like Transpublican Bill Lee here in the state of Tennessee. These types of emergency orders, arbitrary, temporary, and I use the term temporary sarcastically because the closest thing to immortality that we all experience during our time on this temporary home is a government rule or regulation. But arbitrary suspensions of constitutionally protected rights and unilateral decrees without any underlying democratic principle, well, they spread faster than the COVID virus in 2020. Just as in Governor Grisham's case in New Mexico, these decrees use quote-unquote public health as the rationale. Reactions to these decrees varied by the political makeup of the states of these governors, but that was not always the case, like here in mostly red Tennessee. California saw the most sheep-like response from their legislature and courts and citizens. The California court system upheld Governor Gavin Newsom's broad exercise of power to, get this, modify laws or make new ones during declared emergencies. You see, executive branch authority does not extend to 
modifying or making new laws. But here we are. Michigan's governor, Whitmer, her efforts to bypass the legislature was slapped down by that state Supreme Court. Some constitutionally minded judges issued the most compelling smackdowns of these many tyrants such as U.S. District Judge Stickman, who wrote in the 2020 case against Pennsylvania's governor, he stated, quote, The Constitution cannot accept the concept of a new normal where the basic liberties of the people can be subordinated to open-ended emergency mitigation measures. Rather, the Constitution sets certain lines that may not be crossed, even in an emergency. Actions taken by defendants which is the governor, cross those lines. It is the duty of the court to declare those actions unconstitutional. Unquote. Starting at the outset of the scandemic in March of 2020, multiple state legislatures have introduced bills to increase legislative branch oversight of executive branch emergency power authority. And we need to all hope and pray that that trend continues. This is necessary because the citizens have to act to restrict emergency powers because political executives have demonstrated two things for the past three plus years. One, they love to rule by decree, not govern by the consent of the governed. And two, they only give lip service, meaning they lie, to the concept of democratic principles in our constitutional republic. It's so prevalent today that last year, communist elected representatives and senators at the federal level called on the White House to use emergency powers to advance green energy causes, clearly demonstrating they lie repeatedly in their claims to protect democracy or state that they govern using democratic principles. Executive orders, especially those issued under the guise of emergencies, are antithetical to those very same principles. Just this past May, the communist governor of North Carolina went so far to declare a state of emergency for public education. And why? Well, he did this because lawmakers, those are those elected representatives of the people chosen to serve under those democratic principles that the commies love to proclaim, they opposed him on education policy. You know, the child sniffer-in-chief has even laid claim to and retained some of those scandemic powers even after ending the COVID-19 emergency declaration in May. Anytime a member of the executive branch, even those agencies that are part of the executive branch, claim some sort of emergency power not delegated to them by specific laws, passed by the people's representatives in the legislative branch, or if they broaden the interpretation of the charters originally used to establish their regulatory authority, it is a usurpation of the people's authority and proves the lie that our government operates using democratic principles. I believe we talked about Justice Gorsuch's smackdown of emergency powers on an earlier episode. Let me just recap what he said on this topic again. He said, quote, Since March 2020, we may have experienced the greatest intrusions on civil liberties in the peacetime history of this country. Executive officials across the country issued emergency decrees on a breathtaking scale. Doubtless, many lessons can be learned from this chapter in our history, and hopefully serious efforts will be made to study it. One lesson might be this. 
Fear and the desire for safety are powerful forces. They can lead to a clamor for action, almost any action, as long as someone does something to address a perceived threat. End quote. Much as we saw in Governor Bill Lee's call for a special session of the Tennessee General Assembly to quote-unquote do something in the aftermath of the transgender shooter at the Covenant School in Nashville earlier this year, executives fail in their oaths of office and their oaths to the state and federal constitutions when they undertake these actions that clearly demonstrate they do not believe in the democratic principles of the founding of this republic. At this point in history, many of us Americans have become tired of being stripped of our basic liberties every time politicians decide the word emergency is a magic spell for invoking their forms of tyranny. Is it too late, though? Have a majority of our citizens become numb to these actions? Maybe. On the video version of this episode, I shared a graph, and the graph I shared shows the results of the January 2022 poll by Rasmussen, which demonstrates that it is nearly a majority of Americans that are fine with that. That's the goal of these communists. Give lip service to democratic principles as they force experimental medications on us, lock us up for holding on to our liberty, attempt to destroy political opponents exercising their constitutionally protected right to question elections, and now unlawfully declare that no citizen has the constitutionally protected right of self-defense. Self-defense, mind you, enshrined in our Constitution for just such an occasion as what the governor of New Mexico just did. Oh, and don't believe the lie that there are some members of the Democrat Party that disagree with Governor Grisham's actions. People like Congressman Ted Lieu of California, one of the biggest commies in the U.S. Congress. He came out with a tweet shortly after Governor Grisham declared the Constitution null and void with this statement, quote, I support gun safety laws. However, this order from the governor of New Mexico violates the U.S. Constitution. No state in the Union can suspend the federal Constitution. There is no such thing as a state public health emergency exception to the U.S. Constitution. End quote. And now, he can spout that lie all he wants. Well, what he stated was not a lie. But his stated belief in his own statement is a lie. He was, or is, one of the biggest proponents of big government, even executive branch action, to fight what is euphemistically called the climate emergency. They have to have that word emergency in their actions to justify the destruction of democratic principles. Ted Lieu himself is a big fan of the White House's July 2022 list of executive actions on climate. These actions are supposed to, now get this, address extreme heat and boost offshore wind. Well, Guess what happens during the summertime in every hemisphere of the planet? It gets hot. But casting democratic principles aside to take emergency action because it gets hot in the summer, it's just par for the course for these tyrants. Because making the citizens pay more, either in taxes or increases in the cost of living, is definitely going to cause it to not get so hot during the summer, right? Oh, and this little fact is never addressed by the cabal in D.C., or in state capitals around the country. 
There are more human deaths caused in this country every year by cold weather than there are that are caused by warm weather. Don't worry, though. They will come up with some sort of emergency power to rob us of our liberty to not only make the planet cooler in the summer and warmer in the winter, though. It's coming. But back to my main point about Ted Lieu and the other communists. They are right now saying that the governor of New Mexico cannot do what she did. What they really mean is that she shouldn't have done what she did right now. There isn't yet a majority of the country or the court system that supports this much tyranny. But it is coming if we don't put a stop to it. Governor Grisham came out with this order too soon and will now put even more scrutiny on emergency power declarations and usage by executive branch officials. Her timing was off. And the other communists criticizing her right now are doing so in the hopes that she pulls back before the court system completely smacks down this tool of tyrants, and it's done for good. A Mr. Aaron Blake, a reporter for the Washington Post of all places, had this to say about this trend of ignoring democratic principles. Quote, The move builds upon a growing tendency in American politics for governors to test the limits of their authority and effectively dare the courts to stop them. Democrats have warmed to this approach, and even in some cases when they had indicated that they didn't have those authorities. Unquote. Now, importantly, many New Mexico residents made it clear that they just won't comply. Gun owners, many of them visibly armed, rallied in Albuquerque to defy the order. And... The police, rightly so, did not intervene and enforce the governor's order. The county sheriff, he has explicitly said he won't enforce the decree. Undoubtedly, there will be challenges to this tyrant's orders, and they'll work their way through the courts and the legislature. But that's where we are right now. And that's what Attorney General Scamerti was referring to. How the legislature is no longer making laws. We're leaving it up to the courts. But now let me backtrack to where the government's claimed emergency powers almost mimicked mob rule. I alluded to it earlier, and it's in a survey conducted by the Heartland Institute and Rasmussen Reports. It was discovered that although many citizens of the Republic were skeptical of the federal government's response to the scandemic, which means that people capable of critical thinking were skeptical, the survey they conducted revealed that a majority of Democrats embraced the restrictive policies of mandates and lockdowns espoused by the child sniffer in chief's administration and its favorite angry yard gnome, Fauci. This included punitive measures against those who haven't gotten the emergency use authorization experimental jab that is often administered without implied consent, but through coercion. That poll or survey found that 48% of voters favor the Escape Dementia Ward's patients plan to impose a COVID-19 vaccine mandate on the employees of large companies and government agencies. That same percentage, 48, were opposed to the resident-in-chief's mandate. It's nearly a case of mob rules, right? How bad do you think it would have gotten had 51% of the voters agreed with the mandates? Likely, we would be seeing a much different country right now. One of near totalitarian control, 
or one at war with itself. And I mean real war, not this war of words and memes. Now, as I said earlier, I posted a screenshot of the survey results on the Rumble and YouTube version of today's podcast. I did that for a very important reason. Because the graphic shows that it isn't just the communists, the Democrats, that were in favor of this tyranny. The data shows that even some Republicans supported these measures as well. Measures that included fining the unvaccinated, locking up the unvaccinated in their homes, sending the unvaccinated to concentration, I mean, quarantine camps, taking the unvaccinated people's children away from them, and even fining or jailing critics of the vaccine. Ladies and gentlemen, just how close are we? As I have discussed on the show previously, we have already reached the level of living in a police state in our nation. But this data from January 2022, coupled with the current administration's unfettered attack on its political opponents, should demonstrate one thing quite clearly. When the next scandemic comes along, and it most assuredly will, what has been demonstrated by a government that now hates us is this. There will be no consideration of democratic principles in how the government handles the next emergency. The government will also define any situation it wants to as a quote-unquote emergency, such as climate change emergency, or like the communist governor of Mexico, a public health emergency, in order to exercise unconstitutional and unchallenged power. In fact, the powers the new aristocracy will wield will in part be to destroy the Constitution to pave the way for more power and control. Just go back and look at that graphic again, because it shows that it isn't only the communists that supports using Constitution-shredding emergency powers. Republicans do as well. So, do not believe the lie that our government and the elected officials currently serving in it govern by democratic principles. Well, that's all the time I have for this week, folks. In closing, we have this week's wisdom from God's Word, and today it comes to us from Acts 5, 29. But Peter and the apostles replied, We must obey God rather than any human authority. Our official motto, the people's official motto going forward from this point on must be this, Rebellion to Tyrants is obedience to God. Once again, thank you all for listening, and I pray that you all enjoy the rest of the weekend. Until next week, stand in the arena with me, Reveille, it's time to wake up.